0: Welcome, this is Shereen from Making a Difference About Domestic Violence. I want to welcome everybody out tonight. And we are going to be talking about standing up against domestic violence. My goal for the show is to help, in, help and educate in the healing journey for those that are suffering from domestic abuse. If you'd like to call in, please call 917-889-8078. If you are listening tonight, and would like to get in touch with me, email me at shereen, at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. I would like to remind everyone that our show is on every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 7 Mountain, 8 p.m. Central. My show can also be heard on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play if you subscribe to those services. If you want direct links to those services, you can go to our CWR homepage, on the website, and uh, which is CWRTalkNetwork.com, and click on the logo for that service. If at any time you experience a trigger by this topic, please call the national hotline at one 800 799 or 1-800-799-7233, and we're going to go to a public service announcement. Be right back. Hi, Mom. Is Claire's birthday party today? Welcome back to Making a Difference About Domestic Violence and Abuse with your host, Shereen Rice, on the CWR Talk Network. Welcome back. This is Shereen on uh, Making a Difference About Domestic Violence. Uh, my co-host tonight is Cassandra Wayburn. right? Oh. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yeah. You got it. Yep, you sure okay. did. Tell everybody a little bit about you, because I didn't uh, run—I didn't run a promo that way. You're okay. Um, <laughs> uh, you want me to introduce myself? Well, yeah. Just, tell, me, just tell my yeah. listeners a little bit about you. Okay. Um, I am Cassandra, and I met Shireen just a few months ago through um, a private investigator who I had. Repaid for um, some assistance when I was dealing with some um, issues with my ex-husband, who I was subjected to all forms of um, abuse. And um, the uh, private investigator ended up becoming such a good dear friend of mine, and introduced me to Shireen. and Shireen's become one of my um, amazing friends, and we've are co-advocates for many people and friends for who have experienced domestic violence. Okay, Cassandra, I have to tell you, that I did not know that you met her that way. How hilarious. I did. That's great. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: I've known her for so many years, probably about 20. Um, we lived wow. together for a long time. But how funny is that? Okay. So I, I didn't, I'm glad I had to say that because I didn't hear that story before. Yeah, <laughs> yep. that's actually how she, that's how she, um, when she, she posted, we posted something and she's tagged me into it and said, you need to be friends with her. So I sent you a friend request yep. on Facebook and yes. we got to know each other and we've become really great friends ever since. I know. I love it. I know. I love it. So, okay. So we're talking tonight about signing up against the violence. This is the hardest thing to do. And I think, Cassandra, I think I told you a little bit about this, but I'll tell you again. It was an incident probably about three, four months ago. I was sitting in a meeting with about twenty five to maybe thirty domestic violence um people. They work for different companies or you know, nonprofits or profits, I don't know. Um, all around the, the county. Anyway, so I'm sitting there and I say uh, you know, we're talking about Everything about domestic violence, and I say, you know, one thing we can't have here in southern Utah is the Lauren McCluskey situation. And um, everyone kind of went silent, and I thought, you know what the Lauren McCluskey situation is, don't you? That was a girl that was at the university up there in Salt Lake and was murdered. Right. Okay, made it and no one knew, knew about scenario. it right um and i'm assuming that's right. why they went silent right uh so then all of a sudden this cop sitting next to me and, and this is how to find out if a cop is a an abuser 101 if he starts yelling at me and says okay he raises his voice so raising a voice i think you know is a tactic that abusers use and he mm-hmm. says, "Evil just happens," and I'm like, "Um, what's, uh, um, hold on, I'm, I'm trying to say that we're trying to prevent that down here." And then he starts pointing at me and and raising his voice even more. I won't say yelling classic because signs. He may disagree with that, but to me it was yelling. And he says, "You right. don't know what happened. You didn't read it, huh?" Well, no, just classic signs of abuse. But go ahead, continue. Right, right. Yeah, and he's pointing at me, acting very unprofessional, doing it in public, very much another sign of abuse, yeah, saying, you don't know what happened. You didn't read the reports, blah, 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 you know, on and on and on, and I'm like, okay, I've never met this guy before in my life. I don't even know who he is, and he's telling me what I have and have not done, and I felt like saying to him, I'm sorry, but uh, you don't know who I am, and I usually preface everything when I'm talking to law enforcement. Anything we say can kind of will be in my next book. And thank the Lord he just, you know, he actually gave me the title to my next book. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But that being said, how many people in, of all these DV women and men that are against, quote, unquote, uh, domestic violence and work for uh, different uh, domestic violence groups, do you think – stood up and said, that's not acceptable behavior to him. No, nobody did. Zero, absolutely zero. I wouldn't have been able to tolerate that. Do you know that? Well, yes, I know. And I, because (laughs) because he did use narcissistic um, behavioral traits and because he used um, borderline behavioral traits. I never, I always recommend that no one respond that's being attacked by a narcissist to respond because you you can't win. I mean, they come up with You all can't, things win, however, can't win. However, however someone else um, can step in and say something and quell the the situation. Yes. Um and when I've been around situations where I've seen people show those signs, I and know that person has already been a former victim, like yourself has been a victim of domestic right. violence. I right. I can't sit back and Allow that to happen to you again because I know it couldn't happen. Right. And I wouldn't allow that to, have, to happen to anyone else. The thing is, is because he did use it, number one, because he raised his voice, because he um, did it um, openly, because he was ridiculing, you know, maligning whatever he was doing, um, he used about five different things uh, that were very abusive behaviors. Um, I can tell you right now that I don't think. I don't care if he is law enforcement. I can tell you, I do not feel that any victim would be safe in his step with him, around him. Right. Because if he did that with a room full of um, advocates against domestic violence, he's not afraid to do that anywhere. Right. And, if and that would have sent, sent, sent the whole room with triggers if they saw you be attacked like that. Right. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you. Those that were victims, there are some that are not victims or, or that have never been a victim of domestic violence. They're not survivors. Uh, not all of them. There are some that are there, that are. Um, <clears throat> but there are many that are not. And so the ones that are, absolutely, I guarantee you, they were triggered. I guarantee you. Absolutely. But anyway, what I want to do is I want to kind of define uh, domestic abuse and psycho- uh, domestic abuse as physical and psychological, and then we'll talk about how different entities like neighbors, um, coworkers, and so forth, can maybe address um, standing up against domestic violence. Since uh, And I think the moral to this story is people are afraid to stand up against cops. That's the moral. And unfortunately... Absolutely statistics show us that 43% of all law enforcement are abusers. And unfortunately, and I I could care less, but I mean, you know, he did come up with the name of my next book because his mouth opened. But um, I wouldn't say even just law enforcement. Um, For me, I get nervous if there has to be any type of confrontation with some, an authority figure that's a male. Yeah but you are your statistics are right i'm just yeah. saying it's it's it doesn't just stay there it also goes along with you know any sort of figure like i even went and talked to um a clergy and because i put him on a pedestal of authority being in a room with him alone just got me nervous yeah and and that's uh that's not uncommon actually um, especially someone who's into abuse. So let me first define all of this that we're gonna be talking about. Um, I wrote a blog actually for uh BTS Break the Silence Against Domestic Violence. And so I'm gonna be just kind of running off of that. So to define physical abuse, um it, physical abuse is actually very easy to define, right? Because it's something you can see is slapping, hitting. Um, it's bruises. You may see bruises. Um, it may be cuts. Um, anytime a victim feels threatened, someone who's brandishing a gun um, would be ab- a physically abusive for you. But the psychological abuse that people don't know how to stand up against, I believe. And, you know, the psychological abuse actually does more damage, as we know. It they- can do more um, PTSD and depression and anxiety. And those can last for years, if not forever, right? Yes. Have you heard and have you so, heard of the podcast? Have you heard of the podcast called um Un- understanding today's narcissist? What's it called? Understanding today's Narcissist. I have not. Um there was a narcissist, uh one that I was told about, but not that one. She's fantastic. Her she's um a psychiatrist and she only works with Um, personality disorders, and narcissists. That's the only people that she works with. And she has, she even, she even, right, it is. But I'm, most people don't see there's a difference. Um, But when I say personality disorders, I'm referring to also like borderline personality disorder. Yeah. Yeah. And she also will work with sociopaths. Um, And that's her specialty. And she has also explained that domestic violence and being violent doesn't even have to mean that you put your hand on the person. If they um, break a door or punch a hole in the wall um, or make a threat to use physical violence on you, that is considered domestic violence, uh, physical domestic violence as well. Right. Right. If you if even a spitting, spitting even spitting is 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 um a criminal charge offense. Spitting? spitting if you if somebody spit oh, on you spitting, right that's, a, right. that's a sold. Right. And it, it it's it, yes. Yeah, cuz uh, the bodily fluids can be very dangerous for sure. So um let me describe uh, psychological abuse real quick um, so we know where we're standing. Psychological abuse may include, but it's not limited to, ridicule, demeaning, complaining about weight, looks, sexual activity, make an inappropriate comment about your mental health, being critical, causing shame, embarrassment, humiliation, anything like that. So I'm sorry. I've been so sick, but I'm doing much better. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you're so, getting over a cold. I am. And last week was horrible. Um, but anyways, so neighbors and families and coworkers and friends want to know how they can stand up and what they can do. What, what are some of the things that you would suggest? <laughs> um, to the person... The biggest thing is it depends on how how severe and what level um, of violence that they're experiencing. If you're only seeing the early stages of domestic violence or an abusive relationship, you can be a little bit more firm and say, look at these classic signs of this is abuse and you need to not tolerate that you deserve better and if you allow this to happen you're telling them that it's okay and that yeah. you're also going to be telling your telling that other person that that behavior is acceptable so you they at yeah. the very beginning they need to be able to stand their ground if it's past that point right. um it can get dangerous um and there's even a lot of psychologists that, that have done a, many books that I have read where they're saying that sometimes it gets to the point where it's too dangerous to even leave the situation um, because it's because of the, their life could be a threat, a, a threat to um, run away. So you have to be right. really delicate and extremely sensitive to a victim Um You need to be a listening ear and you need to try to see their perspective. And if you've never experienced it, you won't understand because in your mind, you're like, well, if it's that bad, then just leave. But once they get to that point, they no longer know that they have that choice to leave. Right. They have given the complete control to the abuser. And so, your biggest, the biggest advocate thing is to be there for that person and lovingly encourage them to get out of the relationship, but don't get frustrated or give up on them if they don't leave when you keep telling them to leave. I had a best friend who kept trying to get me to leave a relationship for six years and even two years, two and a half years after my divorce, I had put myself in another abusive situation with my with my ex-husband, still him controlling me even after our divorce, and still abusing me. And it took her finally grabbing a luggage of clothes for me and my kids and bringing it to her house, and saying, "You can't save yourself anymore, so I'm going to do it for you." <laughs> and right. so there's there's a certain point that but if you do that you have to make sure that that person is not going to go back to the abuser because that's going to cause well, and, and you as well that for sure right. right um i never tell It someone takes usually to leave. about I seven times them... of it usually takes about yeah. seven times for a woman to uh, seven attempts of leaving to yeah. um before they actually do leave JLA. yeah um, I never suggest anyone leave. I suggest they prepare for safety, however that is for them. Correct. Because it puts them in danger. Of course, as you know, when you tell them to leave, because that's yeah. almost most the deaths occur in domestic violence. But um, as a, a neighbor, sometimes neighbors think, "Oh, someone else will step in." Or, but what I would do if I was a neighbor is I would take them aside. A Privately, so maybe when he's at work or something, and say, "Hey, are you aware that how he treats you is abusive?" So let me share something with you. I was with a friend one day. When he husband comes in, and we're at Starbucks in Salt Lake. He comes in and starts uh-huh. saying, "We need to go now. I'm not going up at you, and you have to come and you have to do it now." And he's wasn't to doing it on purpose, so she leaves. And um, I said, "You know, we're talking about some really important stuff here." She was the president of our association, so we were going over a bunch of stuff. And um, I said, she will come as since she has the uh, ability to do so. And he just started getting more angry and more abusive verbally and calling her, her all sorts of things. This is in the middle of Starbucks. Mm-hmm. And she goes, go out to the car. I'll be right there. Anyway, she had her own car because she met me. And he had, he actually circled around until he found her because he knew we were going to be at a Starbucks. But anyway. So, um, he goes out to the car and I look at her and I said, are you aware that he, what he is doing is abusive behavior? And she later said to me, you know what? I had no clue i was being abused until you said something because psychological abuse isn't considered abuse to most people. Mm-hmm. And then some people are like, well, they're going to put up with that. They're going to put up with that. What? What am I going to do? Just tell them. That is not acceptable behavior for anyone to treat another person. I mean, how difficult is that? I would do it privately because when you do it, you don't ever do it in front of them because then you become the object of their abuse. But they need to know that this is happening. They need to know that you're there for them, just like you said. Hey, you know what? I'm here for you. Um, If you want to move out, I'll have a place for you. You know, whatever you can do for them. Or you can help them find resources. Um, And Bill, I would have told you that I wasn't abused when I was abused. I absolutely would have told you I wasn't being abused. I did have a friend say to me one time, "So how long are you to put up with that?" And I'm like, "Oh," and I gave him all sorts of excuses for his behavior. And that's what they do. We give excuses from our abusers because we think that's the Christlike thing to do. What we don't realize is it's destroying us and diminishing us, and and um putting us in a place where we lose our self image, we lose our self esteem. We feel we're like we're stuck. Yeah. Mhm. Now as a friend standing up for um a peer and I like the, what you came up with, that your friend came over and said, Hey <laughs> I'm going to take this bag over to my house and when you can get away, you come over there. <laughs> I think that's great. And what else did she say? Um, Actually, it was um <clears throat> the moment she knew I had been trying to break free from the abuse and, and unfortunately the divorce didn't, didn't stop that. Um, right. And I kept trying to break free from the abuse after I realized that no matter what I said or did or no matter how much counseling or reading books on relationships I was doing, it was no—it was mm-hmm. not going to change his behavior. You can't change other people. Um, and it wasn't me that was the problem for him choosing to be abusive. Um, and he was throwing my stuff over a balcony and I took a picture and sent it to mm-hmm. her. She left work, told her boss, I have an emergency and I don't care if I'm going to lose my job. I got to go take care of something right now. She left. Mm-hmm. She went and picked up all of my clothing and my luggage and put it in the back of her van, took a picture of it, parked around the vehicle, uh, Parked around the complex into a grocery store, which is walking distance. And she said, I have your stuff. When you're ready to leave, let me know. If I need to call the cops, let me know. Mm -hmm. And she knew not to continue to blow up my phone. Um, And she also knew not to call because one of the classic signs with my ex-husband was to remove the phone from me um, to prevent me from either recording the abuse or calling 911 or calling someone to come intervene to help get me get me out of the situation. So she knew that she had to just be patient waiting around the corner hoping that I'm okay. And right. seeing that picture of the luggage in the back of her van will never change that was the that picture is what I realized, oh my gosh, someone is here to save me. I don't know how to save myself. Mm-hmm. And I went and stayed at her house for several for several, you know, for a period of time and then that's when I realized I needed to start taking steps to regain my control back. And it took almost 2 years before I finally was able to have the a full on 100% enough button to stand up for it, stand up um for myself. And, uh, and all it took at that point is him putting his hands on me again and hurting me in front of our children during a children exchange. And then I told him at that point, I was strong enough and not scared enough to, or I was, I was more, more scared of not doing something about it at that point. It had slipped yeah. And I had told yeah. him, I said, I'm not going to hide what you've done to me for years and I'm going to comply with the police and I'm going to comply with child protective services and I am putting me and all of our kids in counseling. I've had enough and we have an example yes. to set for our kids and I'm going to do it because this cycle has got to stop now. Oh, awesome. And it took about a month later, and he has since then completely abandoned the children
1: And because he's he's had a out?
0: She's my best friend. Absolutely. Okay, good. Um, And let me show. And I only met her. I met her only a few months before he and I started dating. So I've known her for about. I've known. Yeah, so I've known her for about eleven years. Long. That's great. Well, a lot of times um, people are afraid to do anything, friends are, and a lot of times abuse victims um, don't really turn on their people that try to help them, but they just don't want to have anything to do with them. And this is probably out of shame and blame and, um, you know, I wish I could do better. And, you know, they go back and sometimes, as you said, they go back seven plus times, right? And Mm -hmm. people are like, oh, I'm so tired of this. They're just, you know, they're tired tired of helping them out. But you have to just stick in there and just be patient and say, you know what, if this is what you need to do for you, you go back. Because Mm -hmm. you're not going to change that. And you don't want to lose their friendship. You just want to be respectful and just say, go back if that's what you need to do. Um, and you know what? Oh, and I have frustrated. I have frustrated her and frustrated her and frustrated her because she saw nine and a half years of me being abused, whether it was, you know, newly married or after divorce, um, and everything in between. And there was only in that in the 10 years that she was there for me, there was only a period of less than six months where she kind of had a take a little bit of a back burner because she was she was pregnant and she had those pregnant hormones of she doesn't keep her mouth shut and she was afraid that she was going to explode on him and let him know how she felt about him and she knew that that was going to come back to hurt me more Um. and You know, she did both good cop and bad cop with me. There was times where she was sweet and sensitive and said, I know what it feels like to not know how to get out of a situation, and I'm here for you, to you're being an idiot, Um, pull your head out of your rear end. You know, she, she did all of those things. But the one thing that was great for me is she was in tune enough to know when to say what to say and how to say it. And never once still ever pushed me because you can, you can, if you push too hard, you're going to push them away instead of pulling them out of the situation. Right. And she was, she was the best person to help be there for me. Um, so I, I owe her my life. (laughs) She's amazing. That's wonderful. Um, now the next area I want to cover though is um, how a coworker can stand up and intervene. I remember I told you about that one friend um, at work that said, "Hey, I mean, because my husband started ridiculing me in front of other, a lot of people, and that's how you can tell that someone's really feeling comfortable in their abusive situation is when they feel that they can." Um, abuse you in front of your coworkers, no less, and that's what had happened to me. But abuse abusers love to target their victims at work and to do something to interrupt their job or cause them to lose their job. I don't know if you know this, but sixty percent of all victims of domestic violence lose their job because of their abuser. Sixty percent. That's a huge number. And abusers I love more it than one because- job because of him. Yeah. Because they know what to do. They know how to do it. They know how to harass the the people at work. Uh, they know how to harass you at work. They know how to upset you. Um, and and they say uh, statistics show that they can take more sick time or start to be, or they're late. Um, they get disruptive phone calls. They ch- their appearance changes. Or they lack mm-hmm. concentration. These are all signs to know someone may be being abused. All of those things, and you know, it's it's scary because people get fired, women get fired all the time, and they wonder why we don't have any money because victims don't have money because they lose their jobs. My mm-hmm. ex-husband did everything in his power to get me to lose my job, um, or or they control it, the funds. He's unsuccessful. Right. Or they control the funds. Very good. They don't, a victim may not have a job or she does, she has to pay it into the, the family pot. You're right. Because the majority of my relationship um, with my ex-husband, I was the, pro- the main provider and mm-hmm. he, um, he, he would say while he was going to school and I was providing for the family, Um, that he didn't feel like a man if he didn't help provide for the home. So he wanted to be in control over the budget. And that, that is the twist and spin he had. Of course he had a little more charm and charisma on the way he explained it to me. And it made sense to me when he said it to me. And so I bought it hook, line and sinker and Um, it only took a couple months after that, that I didn't have access to funds. I had to ask for gas money and he would give me a little bit of spending money and I'd see that there was, you know, things that I needed and things that my kids need. And of course I always put my children before me. So there was a lot of things that I went without because he had control over the funds. Right. Right. So, and my ex-husband was a lot more subtle um, in the um, being abusive in a public scenario. Um, He wanted to be the popular and the well-liked guy, so
1: he would do
0: he would do more subtle things where people thought it was just a it was sarcasm. Um, so he would be really sarcastic towards me. He would, one of his famous things that he would say to me is he would tell people, um, he'd draw with his fingers a circle and he'd say your world. And then he'd draw a bigger circle and say reality letting, and, mm-hmm. and people would laugh. People ridicule would laugh about it. Yeah. Yeah. And people would laugh because he would use it in a, in a, in a humorous manner, but. Right behind closed doors or he would let me know how you. my yeah yep yep but it then behind closed doors he was no longer joking right, right. um but it always started off with jokes and so yeah. sometimes in your in a public scenario your friends could be being abused and you might not recognize it because it might come across as it's just their sense of humor yeah and But it's really cool. You have to look at it like it that. It is. Um, yeah. But these guys are everybody's best friend. Um, they love attention. Everybody looks up to them. They're very service-oriented. One thing um, everyone said about my ex-husband was, oh, he's so service-oriented. He does this, he does that, he does this. And this law enforcement officer that I'm talking about um, put on a big, TV thing for where he worked and i and i thought well that's a good ruse isn't it <laughs> right but that's what they do they have to look like they're against domestic violence they have to look like they're the good guy they have to look like they're very service oriented because how else are they going to dupe everyone well and they can only hold a facade for so long so like as time went on like with my ex-husband I started to see the signs that he was only service oriented if he saw a benefit out of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we would have, I'll give you an example. Uh, We would move into a new place and we'd have a bunch of people help. Um, And at the beginning, when we were first in a relationship, if those people needed help, of course we both were jumping right on it. But, you know, you know, several months into the, um, a relationship with a new set of friends or, you know, if it was family, he would just say, they just, all they ever want is just us to just help them out and blah, blah, blah. I'm just not in the mood. I don't want to do it. And if I said, okay, well that's fine. You don't have to go. I still am going to go. Then he would give me a guilt trip for leaving him. And Oh, yeah. him twist it by saying I'm giving him a guilt trip because I'm going to go and I'm going to make him look bad if he doesn't go. Oh yeah. They um, definitely flip that script, don't they? They love oh, to yeah the script. Like his, his, his mother and stepfather, um, own a cabin and they own a really large property that's fully landscaped. Um, I believe it's over an acre that's fully landscaped. And, They would come over and say, hey, you know, we need some help with, you know, doing some of the yard work, and when you come up to the cabin, would you mind, you know, working for a couple of hours on doing something with the cabin, and then we can go play all day. And we would all get excited about getting ready to go out of town or go, you know, spend time with them, and sure enough, the day before and all the way up to going out of town, He'd sit there and complain and complain and complain about how they're only asking us to come up for a vacation, so we can, so they can get a benefit of uh, um, us helping them build the cabin, even though it's a family cabin. And right. he would just make the list of how he just can't stand his mom and stepdad, and how he kn- he just knows that there's going to be a big fight that happens when they're up there. And nine times out of ten, if there was a fight that happened, he actually is the one that provoked it, even though he was claiming that he was predicting it would happen, but he caused right. the to <laughs> No, no, I've seen that before. So, so let's talk about family for a minute. How can they stand okay. up and so it doesn't hurt the, the person, and how can they stand up and help out the victim? That's a thing even see it, but remember we talked about they might not even see it. Um, so, in a family setting, if I had—I um, don't—I don't care if it's my sibling or an in-law; they're all family to me. If I saw any psychological verbal abuse that was done to me, which mine was in low blows, condescending, um, sarcastic remarks, I would call them out on. The, the person out on it in front of the group and say, come on now, that wasn't nice. Um, And that might be, that actually might be not a bad way, but if you call them out too much, they, they can make pay for it when they get home. And that's, that's the other thing is also you have to be so careful because you have to be really in tune on what type of abuse is going to happen and what kind of consequence might happen when you do something. Um, Right. So because you don't know what happens behind closed doors, okay? Right, you don't. You don't. Um, And let me give you an excellent example about this, about that right there, is I had a friend, uh, what I thought was a really good friend, just about two weeks ago, say to me, you loved your ex-husband. He treated you like a queen. He was... You you would always, you know, say positive things about him and love, be loving text messages and so forth. And I said, mm-hmm. you don't know what happened behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. I said, you don't know anything that happened. And, yes, I love my ex-husband very much. Bottom line is I won't live with him and I won't be mistreated by him. So people, like you said, they don't know. They don't see it. They hypothesize, and they think they're right, which they're not. They're usually wrong. But let me give you some warning signs. Some warning signs may include um, an abuser may treat the victim like property in front of you. So there's a big difference between treating them like a wife and treating them like property or a pet. And right. um, they always seem to need a pet. And they or and trophy they, you know, bark orders and What did you say? I'm sorry. Or even a trophy. Right. A trophy. Right. Right. (laughs) That's always fun. Because a lot of times abusers have, a lot of times abusers have to um, paint the picture of a perfect home. So. Right. You know, they have to make sure that the appearance looks perfect. Right. 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 Well, and you know, the thing is, is, um, I won't discuss it, and I won't discuss it here, but my ex-husband, my children's father, knows exactly what he did, and he, I discussed it with him strictly. He knows what he did, and that's all that matters. He knows exactly why I won't be married to him. And you know what? Does it matter that anyone else doesn't know? It doesn't matter. It's not their business. No. It's only mine. Right. And his. Um, but, the but I, I'm the assuming it took property. you a long way. I, I'm assuming it took you a long way of healing before you got to the point of, yeah. I no longer care what other people, other people's opinions are. I know the truth and right. so does he. Right. I was married over 20 years and, and one of my children said, I thought you had leave him 10 years ago. Um. But, you know, I was trying to make things work, and I was trying to do what was right. You know, what is right? Well, the choices I made, I don't think are are right now that I made them. You know what I mean? Staying 20, 10 years longer. But, you know, they know how to guilt load. They know how to make you feel bad. Oh, they know how to flip the script. Why are you doing this to me? When you're like, uh, why should you do all this to me? You know, and then you start thinking, well, you know, maybe... Uh, I did do something to them, you know, because that's what they want you to do. They want to mess with your head,
1: and then mm-hmm. I mean,
0: like I, would, I would keep catching red-handed doing something wrong, and he would say, "I didn't do that." I'm like, "Okay, maybe it's my head. Maybe I'm just not thinking right. Maybe I saw something wrong. I don't know." You know, excuse yep. me. You know, because it's all you. You're the problem. You know, they love to flip that script. That's that's. Interesting, but um, warning signs are They blame the victim, they, they will isolate the victim. Um, they love to humiliate the victim in public. Humiliation uh, was one of them uh, for me, yes, okay. In public, that he loved to humiliate, yes. humiliate me in public. Um, but he would try to use humans, it as a humorous way, yeah. So they also sometimes are easily angered, the abusers are. Or they know the the right thing to say to light your fire. So the you look like the bad one or the mean one or the you know, they know exactly what to do. They know how to pinch you just right. Yep. Did you ever did you ever have that happen? Happened to me from time to time. You know exactly what to say. He knew that would upset me especially in front of
1: other people. And yes. he would do it
0: anyway. Yes. And yep, then he. Do it he like, yep. That's he it was just <laughs> just snide car just you know, just little snide comments or subtle comments where I would be the only one who would understand what he was saying. Um, yeah. and in those situations your family and friends would have to see that the one who's being abused because it can it can be a female who's the an abuser and the male being abused it's not right, right you know only one way well, but you have to look at the mannerisms of the person and if they look like their their feelings were hurt or that they felt slightly uncomfortable or slightly embarrassed then that's an un- unacceptable behavior and it it does need to be stopped but like you and I both have stressed is you have to be careful about your approach because you don't go behind closed doors to know what repercussions might happen, and retaliation right. does happen. And I'm really glad that you brought that to the forefront because <laughs> that is that is paramount, truly. It's very, very important. Well, Professor, I really appreciate you coming on tonight and helping me. <laughs> I know Absolutely. I this the last second, but you're an angel from God for sure. Oh, I just love I <laughs> okay, love I'll, I love being able to. Thank you. I know. You're wonderful. Okay. Love you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Before I close, I just wanted to add a few more things. Um, Cause Sandra came on at the last minute. Cause I asked her to, she's absolutely wonderful. And um, so it was kind of scary, but for her, but she is always a trooper. Uh, just to end up a little bit. Um, life is difficult for all abusers, for all victims um, in all aspects. Of life. And so when trying to help a victim, you need to take into consideration everything that's going on in their life. Again, I never once will tell them to leave in a different situation because that is very dangerous because 72% of all deaths occur or 74%, right in there, um, when they're trying to leave or after they've left. So you might just ask them, prepare for safety, however that is for you, and ask if you can help to do that in any way. Again, let them know that they're being abused. They might not even know that I would tell you that I wasn't abused. Um, sometimes you have to point that out, explain to them what that looks like. Do not add to the burden. Stand up when they need you most. So what I mean by not adding to the burden is try to be respectful, try to be patient, try to be understanding, just like the did. Sometimes you had to have someone that was extremely patient with her because she had to go in and out of her relationship a lot because she wanted to be with her husband. She loved him. She wanted her children to stay in that that relationship um, because she thought it was a loving home. And we do. Uh, Our minds are so skewed. An abusive relationship is actually a bad one. And we think it's a good one. And so, so try not to be a burden, but stand up. And help them in any way that you can. Be understanding when they go in and out of the relationship numerous times. If they go back and they go back and they go back, do not get frustrated. Just say, I'll help you back. I'll help you out. You tell me what you need to do. Just be very patient with them then. uh, uh, like that. Stand against the abuser if necessary. Call them out on their behavior. Now, you do have to be careful on that. Because of the fact that if you call out an abuser in public, um, they will... Uh, check it out on the victim when they get home. If you call them out in private and you're a narcissist, they will actually turn on you like a vicious dog. And I promise you, it will be worse than a pit bull. Okay, most all um, of their victims, uh, most all victims, uh, let them know that you will do what is needed to help. Be an upstander, not a bystander. And this is strange signing off for tonight. Have a good night. Love you all.